today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Lots of chatter about Venezuela lately in the news. People swarmed the streets of Caracas, Venezuela, calling for the country's president, uh, Nicolas Maduro, to step down and for the country to recognize Juan Guaido as the South American country's leader. Canada has joined at least a dozen countries supporting him as the legitimate leader of the South American country. Uh, Maduro was sworn in for a second consecutive term two weeks ago, which Canada has denounced as illegitimate. To talk more about all of this and okay uh and of course it's created uh, all sorts of uh, chaos in the streets and uh people um uh rising up and and questioning this election uh which many say uh including the united states that uh, it, uh the results were fraudulently uh, obtained and there is nothing legitimate about this election at all uh the sad part is uh it's the people as usual that are caught in the middle uh they are demonstrating in the streets uh the president uh at this point still has the support of the military which in situations like this um, usually can make uh, things quite dangerous. Uh, It'll be interesting to see over time uh, what happens, how the government of Venezuela will approach this, considering there is so much mass demonstration in the the, uh, streets of Venezuela, uh, whether uh, they will move towards uh, trying to come to some sort of uh, democratic solution here, or if, in fact, the solution will be one of military. All right. Uh, to discuss all of this, uh, let's, br- uh, let's bring in Eduardo Gamera, political science professor, Florida International University, and is with us now. Eduardo, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. My pleasure. So what is the state of Venezuela today? How has life changed for them over the last couple of years? Well, uh, you know, it really has been a, a, a two intense decades of change, uh, but accelerated after the death of Hugo Chavez in 2013. And uh, the attempt at constructing basically a, a single party state uh, uh, and uh, I would say the, the construction of an authoritarian system under, under Nicolás Maduro. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, what you saw yesterday was sort of the culmination of, uh, of, uh, of the efforts to, to uh, uh, question the legitimacy of, of Maduro's government. He was sworn into office on, on January the 10th after winning the fraudulent elections last year. Uh, and an opposition that that claims to to have the right to the presidency by virtue of a succession, which mean which basically says, if there is a vacancy in the presidency, it's the president of the Congress who is the legal president of the country. So in essence, what you have in Venezuela today are two presidents: one who who achieved uh, office by virtue of a, of a fraudulent election. And another one who claims it is that he is entitled to be the president by virtue of constitutional succession. What is the response of uh, the current, whether fraudulently or not, elected government that uh, Juan Guaido is now proclaimed himself to be president? Well, uh, uh, the 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 constitutional president Juan Guaido is. Uh, um, is the is the man who claims he has the constitutional right? He also has the power of the streets. He's been able to mobilize thousands of people, if not millions of people, throughout throughout uh, Venezuela and throughout the world, frankly. 
But the problem is that real power rests with Nicolás Maduro, who has control over the armed forces, control over the police, and he can also claim, let us say, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 20% uh, approval, which means that uh, he can mobilize easily, you know, uh, uh, thousands of people as well into the streets. So what you have is a, is a standoff, and I think it's going to be uh, a long time uh, uh, passing before we can see any resolution to this. Uh, obviously, Canada and the United States, other countries have well as well have put it there, have put their support behind Juan Guaido. How does that change the conversation? Well, um, up until now, up until very recently, in fact, uh, most uh, of the international community, if there is such a thing, was rather agnostic about Venezuela. They allowed Venezuela to construct this authoritarian regime with Cuban support and the like, and never really sanctioned it or, 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 or complained internationally until last year. And so there's a, there's a group called the Lima Group, for example, that, that brings together the United States, Canada, and several Latin American countries, which has now officially recognized Juan Guaidos as the, as the, as the president. And most importantly, they have also uh, um, uh, broken relations. In the case of Paraguay, for example, who officially has broken relations, uh, uh, the same thing with, uh, with Colombia, which has officially recognized uh, the new constitutional president. And so, so what you have now is a, a very different scenario. There is international support for the opposition candidate. What this means in the long run, of course, is, uh, is really yet to be seen, uh, especially because uh, uh, I doubt that, uh, that we can talk about military options. I doubt that we can see sanctions, uh, which are already imposed on Venezuela, having an immediate effect. So, uh, so it's, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting set of months to come yet. Uh, Saudi, or sorry, Venezuela, rich in oil, lots of resources to generate revenue. How did they get here? Boy, that's a that's a hard question to answer because Venezuela still has you know the the the, the richest uh, uh, economy in in Latin America by virtue of of what they have in terms of natural of uh, of natural resources uh, reserves. Okay, and uh, but at the same time they've been so dependent on the price of oil that when the price of oil drops, the the, the economy historically has also gone down. But what they've also done by virtue of two things. One, they have supported many countries abroad through something called Petrocaribe. So they've given yearly, you know, uh, uh, basically gifts to, to countries, uh, lending, uh, for example, Cuba, the Dominican Republic, Haiti, many small islands in the Caribbean, many, many countries in, the, in, in Central America, billions of dollars, frankly, in, in, in oil uh, uh, gifts, and, or let's, let's call them gifts because uh, they were supposed to pay for this oil in uh, 25 years at 1%. But most of these payments have been in arrears and have not been paid. So, so the Venezuelans are today facing something which is really, you know, unstudied. Uh, uh, two, uh, uh, approximately two million percent hyperinflation. If you think of the hyperinflation that toppled Germany, right? It, it never even reached, you know, not even a third of that. Okay, the the uh, the hyperinflation that Bolivia had in in the 1980s was 26,000 uh, percent, and that was incredible. So it calculate two million percent inflation. Where is this country on the verge of civil war? 
Well, uh, I think it's all going to depend on uh, what happens in the next few days, right? And as I said earlier, the opposition has the streets. They appear to have the majority, but uh, uh, they don't have access to arms. Uh, I doubt that the United States or anybody else is going to come in militarily and support a, an insurrection or a coup. Right. And so sustaining the presence on the streets, but Venezuelans already have a history uh, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, where students demonstrated on the streets and they were out on the streets for three months. But the government waited them out, repressed them, jailed them. Many are still in jail from that period. So I think the government is, is probably going to going to wait this out. And what's important is if we are, you know, the Lima group, including Canada and the United States, are supporting the opposition. What Maduro is also counting on is the support of Russia, the support of China, hmm. a new relationship with, with Turkey and so on. So this becomes, uh, you know, uh, problematic because it might involve extra hemispheric actors. And, and we know that that won't go well, especially if the U.S. escalates its, its, its involvement. That's my next question. Where is China and Russia on this? Russia already, I believe, expressed uh, displeasure with the United States position. Right, and uh, because it it has a, a long term relationship with uh, with Maduro, and uh, just a, just about a month ago, uh, there was a uh, you know a fancy airplane with the ability to carry nuclear weapons that landed in, in Caracas, and uh, there are military military to military relations between the Russian military and the and the Venezuelan military. Uh, and so it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the how the, the Russians react in the event of a coup, in the event you know uh, I, I think of, of of any kind of U.S. military uh, 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 presence there, and I, I I doubt that we will get there. And the Chinese, of course, are uh, have uh, opened up a line of credit, to, uh, about six billion dollars for this government, and uh, and so you know the Chinese have, have been heavily investing throughout Latin America. And, uh, you know, they, although they haven't yet said anything, I think they, too, will be displeased if, uh, if there is a, a, a violent, uh, you know, um, uh, outcome. How does this affect the cost of oil around the world, the, the, the cost of energy around the world? Well, uh, look, Venezuela, as I said earlier, has the world's largest reserves, in fact. But the problem is that Venezuela has not been meeting production quotas. Uh, it's been having a very, very difficult time even for, uh, supplying uh, oil domestically. Uh, and uh, and so, so uh, you know, the United States still imports oil from Venezuela. But, but you know, but uh, the reality is that Venezuelan uh, oil is, is, a, is an expensive oil to, to get out of the ground. And there has been no investment and there's been really no new exploration. So the, the Venezuelan oil industry is in crisis. Will that affect the, the world price? It may, but I don't think you know uh, uh, that that we're talking about the situation. Let's say uh, 20 years ago, when Venezuelan oil was really important, especially to the east coast of the United States. So, but we continue to import oil, and you know, one of the things that uh, that I think we're going to have to look at in, in terms of sanctions is: are are, are we willing to uh, to uh, sacrifice uh, a few cents on the on the on the gallon, right? to to make uh, democracy possible in Venezuela. Considering their resources, they should not be where they are, should they? I mean, aren't they too rich a country for this? Uh, Which would lead you to believe this isn't an impossible fix, other than the politics, of course. Uh, 
the politics and and of course the way in which they manage the economy you know they as i as i told you earlier you know they they were giving cuba upwards of you know uh, calculations are about 11 billion dollars uh 4 billion dollars to the dominican republic about about 600 million dollars a year to haiti and so on and not really spending domestically. They also, you know, because it was so cheap to import everything, they never developed, they never diversified their economy. So they import every possible thing. And so, you know, so uh, getting out of this fix, uh, getting out of this, this horrible situation involves things that, that other countries readily take. For example, you know, uh, raising the price of oil uh, domestically, uh, severe austerity, which are the normal recipes, right? But uh, those aren't possible because they, again, you know, it's, it's already a country with 2 million percent inflation with about, you know, somewhere, depending on who you, 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 you talk to, somewhere between 2 and 4 million people who have left Venezuela. Uh, and, and, and now, you know, uh, you have a, a terrible humanitarian crisis. So, so I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, it, there's no quick fix here. There's a, the, you know, you can bring in the best economists in the world, and they're not going to be able to fix it overnight. This is a long-term problem. Uh, the prime minister, uh, in speaking about Venezuela a, a, a while ago, I think pointed to them as proof that socialism doesn't work. What can the rest of the world learn from this? What can they learn from Venezuela and what's well, happened over the last know. couple of decades, as you've said? Yeah, you know, the, the the problem with that line of thinking is that they assumed that that was socialism. Right? Mm. They assumed that uh, that even Cuba is socialist, right? And and so, you know, quite the opposite. What you had was basically crony capitalism in, in, in Venezuela, severe crony capitalism, state capitalism at, at best, yeah. where where they came in and, 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 and relied primarily on the rent coming from from the sale of natural resources. And they and you know and they and they stole half of it. You know whatever they gave to their to their to their friends, uh, their socialist friends in the rest of the region, and uh, and whatever they pocketed. You know there are there are estimates that three hundred uh, you know over three hundred billion dollars was pocketed by by Maduro and his friends. So so and uh, so over the last twenty years. So essentially, what they did is, you know, that that's not socialism, you know, uh, and and if you're really going to talk about socialism, I think you, know, you probably got to talk about Norway, you got to talk about Sweden, and that's what the socialism we're talking about. But this is crony capitalism at best. Where is this going? Uh, it seems that Venezuela has a crisis on their hands that they should be able to get out of eventually. Where do you see this in the short term? Um, I think we're going to have, you know, a long-term confrontation. I hope it does not lead to violence. Uh, uh, the opposition has been calling, and the, new, the, 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 the constitutional president has been calling for people to stay on the streets. How long they can sustain that, I think, is going to be very, very difficult to, to answer. Uh, the government, of course, claims that it has the law on its hand, and, on its hands, and, and, and it will probably. Uh, begin to arrest people. There's already 14 dead in two days. Um, so, what about you know, Guaido? Will he be arrested? Well, that's the issue. You know, they they tried to arrest him last week, and uh, and then saw the international reaction. I think and released him. But I think that they're not going to have any alternative uh, if if this movement continues to grow, and the confrontation continues to grow. That uh, they probably will begin to crack down. You know, and, they, you know, there are over, you know, I, I mean, I, it, it, it just varies on who you talk to. But, you know, 
at least 150 people jailed for political reasons, main leaders. They're not going to have any problem jailing more. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, and the international outcry, unfortunately, as, as well-intentioned as it is, the Canadian, the American reaction and so on, it's, it doesn't translate into, into you know, uh, uh, an effective uh, uh, way. You know, and, and then look at the OAS, the Organization of American States. We don't have the mechanisms to make these, this government abide by, by either human rights concerns or, or, or to turn over government because it's not, you know, it's, the, it's a de facto government, right? So I think it's, we, we're, we're going to be looking at this for a long time. It's going to be a very difficult, difficult situation. And we're likely to see more and more people leading the country, and the crisis intensifying. Uh, is Guaido's life at risk, do you think? Uh, I think so. I think probably most, uh, most opposition leaders uh, uh, should, uh, should be very concerned about what this government can, uh, can do. Um, and uh, I think he may be somewhat protected by the fact that he's been recognized by so many countries now. But I don't think I wouldn't put it past them, right? That uh, that they might take uh, violent action against uh, against him and his followers. Eduardo Gamera has been with us, political science professor, Florida International University. Eduardo, thank you so much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. My pleasure. Thank you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.